My dad is born-again Christian, thinks the world is 6,000 years old and that prayer is a form of green energy. Probably voted for Trump if he voted. Whenever I think of that, though, I think of the movie The Watchmen. I know, it's not comparable to the graphic novel, so shut up. But I think most people can at least agree that Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach was pretty solid. If you don't know, Rorschach set his life path fully against bullshit and injustice with brutal results. He's terrifying in the scope of what he's willing to do and normally seems unstoppable. Kind of like a psychopathic Batman. But at one point, he is captured, unmasked, and put in prison where presumably all the criminals he's responsible for catching will then do away with him. He never seems to get too, too worried, though. So when he's in the slop line and about to get knifed by another prisoner, without breaking a sweat, he smacks the guy with a tray, then dumps hot fryer oil all over his face, ending the fight permanently, at least with that one douche. Then in an effort to skip over more petty and, for him, easily won fights, he announces to everyone present, None of you seem to understand. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Now for me, minus the psychopathy, that's kind of what science is. Religion and ignorance think they'll be in charge forever, but ultimately progress, scientific advancement that benefits humanity and the world can't be stopped, won't be stopped. Maybe our current president and his supporters will run the table for a while, claiming climate change is a hoax and that life begins at a warm handshake and that evolution is, quote, just a theory. But eventually that will give way and give way for good. And reason will break free one last time. Until a blue god explodes it because it can't keep a secret. Thanks, science. This is Stupid Human Suits. Sean, that was lovely. Thank you. Uh, you know, for uh, long-time listener, full, uh, long-time host, full-time caller. What am I saying? I lost the thread. What? Um, I'm. We are recording this before the electoral college yes, votes, so I'm hoping that. we have to go back and edit that. Oh, intro. how great would it be to edit this? Oh my God. Um, guys, welcome to Stupid Human Suits. Uh, like. I think this is uh universally agreed the world's best podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think five. So billion listeners if not best most important and (laughs) that's because of today's guest Uh uh-huh um we're very excited to have her her name is moya mcteer she is an astrophysicist a writer what advocate for lgbtq minority and women's rights what she's a harvard grad what and she is currently pursuing her phd in astronomy from columbia university follow her on twitter at go astro mo welcome moya welcome moya and she is also the youngest person to be a guest on Stupid Human oh, Suits. Yeah, that, that is, is an true. achievement. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope to diminish her positivity mm-hmm. and uh, suck hopes. a little bit of life out of her. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not jaded by the end of this, you're doing something Yeah, exactly. we, we have failed. We will have failed. <laughs> we want you to quit grad school and become a fry cook or something. <laughs> Uh, so this is going to be great. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, so why don't we kick things off with my first time. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, super popular uh, segment on yeah, 5 billion <laughs> listeners um, Moya so uh, Sean and I have uh, talked about this a bunch of times we like to ask all of our guests mm-hmm. um, do you recall uh, do you have a specific memory of when you first learned that death was a thing oh yeah I do Ooh, oh boy Jesus yeah. um, okay so I was maybe three four I was in preschool oh my god and I love rodents just love them to death literally and uh, <laughs> no. I had I had two pet rats when I was growing up. So one day I came home from preschool and I picked my rats up out of their cage and I hugged them 
I hugged them hello. You lenny them? them? I was going to say I put them down, went to bed. You put them down? <laughs> I put them down to, to rest. Uh, when I came back the next day, they were still in the same spot. So I went to my mom. I'm like, Mommy, Mommy, what, why aren't they moving? And then she had to explain to me what death was and that I had just killed my favorite pets. Oh, no. here's, a co- here's a copy of Watership Down, honey. <laughs> it gets worse. It yeah. gets worse. I'm so sorry. It's, it's okay. I've moved on. Yeah. <laughs> what have you? I'm still grieving. She, she, if you don't know, she's wearing a black veil. <laughs> um, just all black. Did you, so... I mean, how did she explain it? What did she say? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I think she she probably did the cliche thing, like you know, it's a long sleep that you just don't wake up from, but don't worry, it's really peaceful. Uh, she's not a religious person, so there wasn't any of that like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a better place heaven yeah. stuff. But uh, she probably told me that they weren't in any pain. Mm-hmm. They weren't. Well, not anymore because yeah. I don't. <laughs> I put them through it's- the pain that ended it. No. Um. Did she? So was the immediate connection made like? Uh, that that you die and and humans die as well. I don't think so. I think probably for a while I was like, oh, only rats do this. <laughs> humans oh my live God. forever. <laughs> like fucked up cocoon. It's like cocoon with a weird twist. Yeah, we're gonna live forever, but rats they they die constantly. Oh, the streets are so clean. Uh, no, the problem. The first time I realized it was a human thing was probably watching like Anaconda or something. <laughs> Like one of my favorite movies when I was younger was Anaconda, Anaconda. and I would watch that scene where the snake like wraps around that dude trying to choke over and over again, Uh, and that's probably when I realized, oh, like I'm a rat, (laughs) I can die. We have like no evolutionary adaptations except intelligence. We are just we are useless. (laughs) What is that? Somebody has a who's the comic? Uh, Is it pretty funny joke? It's like maybe it's Racine. It's like uh, if you can make it. They say that about New York. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere except the woods. <laughs> or, or is that, uh, wait, is that uh, I don't Eric Bergstrom? Him. It could be Bergstrom. Anyways. That is Bergstrom. It is That's Bergstrom? That's absolutely Bergstrom. It's a funny yeah. joke. Either Eric way. Bergstrom. Uh, follow him on Twitter at, at Eric Bergstrom, I think. <laughs> go listen to the episode with Eric Bergstrom. Yeah, it's uh, a good one. So, b- before we actually move on from the, the rat thing, let's paint a picture of uh, where that happened because, uh, Moya, you grew up in rural Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. In, in the woods. In, in the, woods. the woods. In a cabin? In a, in a log cabin. And yep. was there water that ran? Nope. There was no running water. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the life you live when your parents are hippies. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they were, were they like survivalists or just they were just hippies that wanted to be off the grid? And- no, my, my dad was like this 65-year-old Californian hippie dude who moved into this house and there was a working <laughs> plumbing system. And then he was just like, nah. Uh uh-uh. uh. So he, he like tore out the toilet. No indoor plumbing. No oh, indoor yeah. plumbing. We had a composting toilet. So he tore out the toilet, put in this composting thing, and what just like the... took sponge baths. No. Uh, yeah. So, no. so like my childhood chores included going out to our, our well, pumping water, and carrying water into the house in a bucket. And then going out and collecting wood and chopping it because we had to heat that water on our wood burning stove. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let's just take a moment. Take did a you moment. have an iPhone, though? <laughs> I had a flip yeah, phone until senior year of college. Uh, a flip phone? Really? A flip phone, yeah. And senior year of college was last, last year. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last year, everybody. This is 2017 when you'll be listening to this. <laughs> yeah. So was... you have continued roughing it. In yes. The... Uh-huh. That is amazing. So uh, a question about the composting toilet, because um, uh, we... we well, we don't compost our own waste, but we do compost <laughs> vegetables. And so I've read about composting toilets before. Right. But what 
did you use the toilet compost mm-hmm. for? Uh, nothing specific. I think it, it just, just kind of out. like went back into the wilderness that surrounded, <laughs> our, just completely engulfed our house. <laughs> so you didn't like put it in the vegetable garden and no. raise poop potatoes? Like No, <laughs> there were plenty of deer and other woodland creatures around using their own poop to compost yeah. our, mm-hmm. our garden. Carol, it's nature's way. I'm no, I, I, but I'm fascinated. I know, by but it. don't. So you had a garden, and yeah, my like, mom you was grew a big gardener. Yeah, we had uh, like pumpkins and squash and peas. We had a peach tree for a while. That peach tree lured in a deer, so we had a pet deer named Booney for about a summer. Uh, <laughs> we also we had we had goats and chickens and ducks. My neighbor, but when I say neighbor, I mean like they lived a mile away. Yeah, uh, had horses. We had dogs, cats. Yeah, cat I'm, dogs, I'm, rats for a little while, and then mm-hmm. you know, whatever. <laughs> fish, fish. Mm-hmm. Did you hug the fish to death too, or just <laughs> no? But there was a winter where uh, there was uh, like the temperature suddenly dropped overnight, so we didn't have indoor heating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when the temperature suddenly dropped, the water in the tank flash froze, and I woke up the next morning to just frozen fish. How did you stay warm at all? Like just a million blankets? Yeah, yeah. Electricity. We had we had Wi-Fi. But no, th- Jesus come on, Christ. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> they had My parents Wi-Fi. had their priorities. <laughs> <laughs> we lived in a thatch hut. Well, it's like Burning Man great... has that Wi-Fi bubble yeah. around it. Uh, That's true. That's uh, so. Now, was this uh, just childhood, or like uh, like up until you went to Harvard? You were- yeah. Uh, so I I moved there when I was like five, and then uh, up until Harvard. Yeah. So I I I actually I would work at Girl Scout camp every summer, and that was a luxury because they had running water. Oh my god. Uh, and then I got to Harvard and was like, wait, there there are cars on the streets. <laughs> And, and it was the, like the, the Jetsons for have, you. Yeah, like, what like, is what all is this? This, this five-story building. I didn't know men could ascend to such heights. <laughs> Five sto- six stories. There are brick buildings. What is this monstrosity? It took us a year to make one brick in a kiln. How do they make so many bricks? Um, and uh, one last question about this, uh, not to keep belaboring it. Um, I've already, wait, oh, yeah. Did you guys hunt? We didn't. Were you vegetarian or? Oh like, no, I love meat. Uh-huh. Um, but people. You were so insulted by that question. How dare you? <laughs> you just saw me scarf down a chicken burrito. Uh, no, so our neighbors hunted, and and we had a deal. So like, the deer knew that we didn't hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they would come to our property all the time, and our neighbors would hunt on our property, but mm-hmm. they would give us some of the meat. So I grew up eating like venison. Uh, we had friends who hunted moose. Oh, oh wow. So. Moose meat is pretty delicious. Is it really? It's yeah. not gamey at all. No, no, it's 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 tender. I think is the word. I'm not the best. I'm not an expert well, in we, describing meat. I've had but... venison. Venison seems to be like it's 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 a it's a tough chew. Oh no, no, moose is not. Okay, that. it's the opposite of that. Yeah, like, I uh, I uh, one of the reasons I'm interested is I used to work at Field and Stream magazine years <laughs> ago, and I was a vegetarian at the time, but it was oh. a hunting and fishing magazine, and. Oh. Uh, so uh, our boss had everybody over to his house. He was a big hunter, and he had like a freezer full of various animals that he had hunted over mm-hmm. the last year. And so he had this chef come and make all this food from the meat in his fridge. And there was bear meat empanadas nice. and like. Can I just stop you for a minute? We have an astronomy grad student here. We're talking about bear meat. <laughs> just respect the journey we're about to go on. I I think this is no. Great. I know. I'm, I'm complimented. This is like this is this is stupid human suit. It's great because every experience is completely different. Um, and okay, Sean, you ask off. your question. Now I'm going to cut you off. Uh, okay, so 
uh, you won the 2016 is it Chambly or Chambliss? I think Chambliss. I've heard it both ways. Okay, the 2016 Chambliss Chambliss <laughs> Student Achievement Award. Uh, it's granted every year by the American Astronomy Astronomical Society for uh, and you won it for your work on quote determining exoplanet habitability using orbital eccentricity. Yeah. Oh my uh, God, what is that? Right. <laughs> like, is that like what is an eccentric orbit? Let's mm -hmm. let's go to the. the Wait, no, I want to start with exoplanet habitability. Okay, fine. Okay. I want to know what because it's that your means. question. Because it yes. sounds like it means living on another planet yeah yeah uh, smart right so exoplanets planets outside of our solar system habitability when we when we say that uh, the basic test is can this planet have liquid water so like is it the right temperature is it close enough is that always enough? is that always the uh, the the stand like that is the basic rule one we won't consider it habitable without the the very basic okay. like what people have been using for the last 15 20 years mm -hmm. uh since the first exoplanet was discovered um the, the the easiest thing to do is figure figure out the temperature of the planet or what the temperature of the planet should be if it just absorbed all the heat from its star and then re-emitted it um how do you how do you do that like do you do you uh, do you take what is it uh spectrometer readings from the starlight itself to see what it's uh, atmosphere is made up or do you have to do do you just do it based on the star yeah just uh, so just based on the star you can figure out how bright it is how how energetic it is and then uh, what what I use the type of data I use is called transit photometry so as the planet orbits um, if it's if it's intercepting our line of sight it blocks some of the stars light so mm -hmm. you can if you're measuring how much light you're getting from the system you can see this dip and from this dip, you can figure out a bunch of things about the system. One of the things is how far is the planet from the star. And if you know how energetic the star is and how far away the planet is, then you can figure out how much radiation the planet is getting. So you can figure out how hot it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, and based on that, you can figure out if if there might be liquid water, which was the, the very first test. Uh, and but that's and that is like uh, because you don't we because you might not necessarily know what the uh, what the atmosphere is like like if if, if it's a oh, yeah. Venus planet or if it's a Mars planet, both of which does Venus have wa any water or is it too hot? This is just it's uh, we don't think so. I don't I don't think it does. Yeah, it's just it's too it melts lead. They say it melts lead on the surface, but so it, I mean it we just, should it, know because we're from there. <laughs> we're women. You're right. What? Is that where we're from? Ladies. Men are from Mars. Yeah. 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 Yep, that's yeah. Cool reference. <laughs> Jeez. You're so my wife's so hip. I'm sorry if anybody gets deterred by how hip my wife is. We're gonna we skateboard home and have Mountain Dews. So if you want to see us, we'll be totally radical. You want to watch something on Laserdisc in a little bit? Yeah, Captain Ron. Oh, oh yeah, let's watch Captain Ron. Okay, this is getting sad. Sorry. All right, so uh, <laughs> um, now uh, based off of uh, speaking of exoplanet habitability. Um, uh, other life evolving on other planets. We, we so we call this show "Stupid Human Suits" because mm -hmm. we can only perceive the world through these, like whether you think of them as cages or puppets or just uh, whatever, a glove that your existence fits into. That's the only way we can do it. Is it possible to? Do you think it's possible for life to evolve on another planet with senses? that we don't know about uh, from an earthly evolution. And that includes like, you know, sharks have bioelectric fields, bats have echolocation. Those are things we know about even though we don't perceive it. Mm -hmm. Do you think it'd be possible for life on another planet to evolve that has, a, if not a totally different set of senses we can't even comprehend, at least one or two? Yeah, uh, obviously I can't comprehend it. We can't, yeah. so <laughs> I, I couldn't give you an example of, of such a sense, but I, I think definitely because the the senses that we have now all like we we develop them evolutionarily speaking because of of like what our planet 
is and, and what our planet is depends on on our solar system and, right. and what our star is and so it's it's all connected and i think if you have a completely different type of solar system with different type of star a different a planet that that formed in a different way and different molecules on it like yeah mm-hmm. definitely okay um so okay. what you are studying um when you say exoplanet habitability is it about the um ability of humans to move there one day or is it about life already existing there that we don't know about or yes. both yeah so there are, there are a couple different schools i think of exoplanet research and and i think kind of the old school is like could humans live there um and I think we're, we're moving more towards this, could any type of life live there? Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we're, we're trying to expand our definition of what habitable means. We're not just uh, looking for liquid water anymore. Um, just microorganisms would be fine at this point. Yeah, yeah. We ju- we're just trying to find some sort of organic molecule <laughs> like on a planet. How many, like, uh, what percentage of the, the night sky so far do you think we've searched for habitability? Oof. Tiny. Teeny tiny, tiny right? fraction, yeah. So uh, just because some people seem so discouraged that we haven't found life yet. And, like, we've had <laughs> telescopes. We've had uh, satellites and the ability to, like, send out radio signals for just a tiny fraction of our yeah. own, right? Yeah. It's not, th- there's nothing discouraging about this, right? I don't think so. Not at all. I mean, so most of the exoplanets we've found have been found with Kepler, right? And if you, if you do a Google image search of the Kepler field of view, it's this tiny patch of sky. Mm. The sky is huge. The universe is huge. And the fact that we've only, like, we've only explored this tiny patch in detail means that there are so many other possibilities. Yeah. And how far back, like how deep in that tiny slice does it go though? Like, are we talking like we've searched as much as we can within like, you know, a billion light years away, 2 billion, f- all the way to like the, the, the big bang wall or whatever at uh, 14 billion, oh, like how far in? Less than that. With, with just Kepler, uh, it's probably a few thousand light years. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still in our galaxy. Oh, this is nonsense. Right? Yeah, so all, all of the exoplanets we're finding are in our galaxy. Oh, okay. All right. So I, let me back up great. a little bit. How <laughs> do you get from the cabin in the woods oh, yeah. to uh, studying astronomy at uh-huh. Harvard yeah. and, and, and being at Columbia now? Like, like what got you into this? Um, okay, so... Like getting to Harvard first was was a chore. Uh, I originally, <laughs> that's what everybody says. It was such <laughs> drudge work. It's because before we graduate, they make us sign a contract saying that, it's, that we're we're going to tell people it's hard to get in. <laughs> uh, no, so I originally wasn't going to apply, and then you know how like in in sixth grade or something you write a letter to your future self. Mm-hmm. Well, in sixth grade, I was really into Gilmore Girls, so I wrote a letter to myself saying like, "You're going to be the next Rory Gilmore. <laughs> you're you're going to go to Harvard or Yale, and and that that's just what your life is going to be like." Um, really glad I'm not Rory Gilmore. Now. <laughs> uh, no spoiler alerts for people who haven't seen the, the newest season though. But yeah, so that's oh, does she I, die? Sweetie. No, something. Something worse. Oh no! Oh. I, all I know is uh, that she drinks coffee and holds the cup weird. She, I saw a photo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cabinet appointment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I wasn't gonna apply, and then I applied because of that sixth grade letter, and and got in mm-hmm. uh, based on some some magical formula that the admissions office knows that I don't. <laughs> and once I was there, I had no idea what I was gonna do. I didn't know what I was gonna study. I, I thought maybe physics, maybe anthropology, like, I don't know. But I took a physics class and was, was destroyed, abs- absolutely tanked it. And so I was going to leave science. Uh, I lived right across the street from the folklore and mythology buildings. I was like, 
that's pretty cool. I'll major in folklore and mythology. And my mom flipped. She was like, you, no, like, you're going to be a scientist. Uh, so she, she's an English professor, and she doesn't, she's not super into it. She doesn't like that there's not a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. in her career. So she wanted me to be an engineer. And after a long time of not talking to my mom, which is pretty difficult when you're, like, living on your own for the first time yeah. in a yeah. brand new city, I, I was like, okay, I'll give science another shot. It was the beginning of sophomore year. I needed a fourth class to fill out my my sheet and a friend dragged me to an intro to astronomy course i got there and the professor said that we'd get pizza every wednesday (laughs) and that every time the patriots won a football game we'd get an extra percentage point on our final grade and that was the year the patriots won the football game so i was i was really the super bowl game Ah! I was sitting here thinking, I was thinking, whoa, Harvard is not what I thought it was. Sports ball. You know when your brain is like working way ahead of your mouth? So the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Wow. We were talking about rugby before we started this. We we know she knows the words, game and Super Bowl. the sports. Yeah. Um, So the Patriots won and I was just really feeling a Astronomy by the end of that semester, <laughs> so I decided to stick with it. God That's damn. awesome. I, I love Rob how Kelsky sort of done some good. circuitous and arbitrary, it, it, but. It, that's oh, yeah. great. Like All it, super you, trivial. <laughs> but no, like you let the universe open it's up it, to yeah, you. Yeah, it's this nice interconnected story that you know it it uh, closed the circle. You know, uh, I really I appreciate that because yeah. a lot of a lot of times, like, well, I'm a legacy. You know, I wanted to study money. My dad studied money. I studied money. My kids are gonna study money. <laughs> oh, we live in a gold Fabergé egg in the sky. My kids are gonna live in a diamond Fabergé egg. You know, in Trump's it's in the America. worst yeah. Trump impression. Yeah, it's not that wasn't really. A kind of a towny piece of shit who's also very wealthy. Uh, so uh, for those of you who know her, maybe you know this, maybe you don't. Uh, uh, you wrote a science fiction book. Uh, or are you still writing it? You done? It's done. It's done. Was that um, your thesis? Mm-hmm. Yes. So and it was based on the thesis, or that was the thesis. That that was the thesis. So my uh, so I did end up also studying folklore and mythology. So I had to That's write cool. a thesis that was at the intersection of both fields, and. So I ended up writing this science fiction novel that was set on the planet that I studied, that I, I won the Shambliss Award for. Mm-hmm. And the the plot of the novel is an allegory for the uh, the TMT movement, the 30-meter telescope conflict in Hawaii. Uh, so astronomers are trying mm-hmm. to build a telescope on top of a sacred mountain in Hawaii. And at the Is that happening of, now or roughly now? Uh, it, it was happening when I when I wrote it, but the the, the Hawaiian Supreme Court has has shut it down, and the, oh, wow. they're looking for, for new sites now. Was it was this uh, not to uh, get off on a t- Is this I know about Mount Keck? Mm-hmm. Is that over there? Was this to replace that, or no? So it's it's just a, a a different telescope. So there are like thirteen telescopes on the mountain already. Oh, but this one was going to be huge. It's like thirty meters. Doesn't sound really big, but it, it's huge. It's like a third of a football field, right? Yeah. Um, and it was it was so it's going to need a really big foundation. They're going to need to use like dynamite to blow into the foundation of the oh. mountain. It was going to totally interrupt the the aquifer system that they have uh which a lot of people on the island or some people like, depend on for mm-hmm. water uh so at the end of the summer last summer i i went and i talked to the people who were protesting the construction of this telescope and like it seemed like a pretty important story that not a lot of people were hearing mm-hmm. about so i decided to write about it um and the the book ended up just being about the whole Hawaii, hawaiian sovereignty movement actually which oh, is wow. pretty cool 
Holy shit. What's the name of the book? Yeah. It's called Lying Hordes. <laughs> uh, so so uh, when when this controversy was really big in the astronomy community, there was a professor at UC Santa Cruz who sent out this email saying that the TMT, the telescope, was under attack by a horde of native Hawaiians who were lying about the the consequences that this telescope is going to have on their land. Uh, and it, it like that that sentence became yeah. kind of a, a buzz sentence in the community. And so I. I mean, the book is about that, so I decided to... Were, were a lot of astronomers, like, were they, because an astronomer used that as the, uh, said that, like, were a lot of astronomers immediately on that side, or, or was it half and half? I mean... Yeah, it was It was a pretty divisive issue. Uh, I, I tend to, I guess, circulate in, in the kind of social justice astronomer circles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so a lot of the astronomers I know were really anti-TMT. Um, or at least we're really pro discussing the TMT. A lot, a lot of astronomers are just like, we shouldn't even be discussing this. It's a telescope, Sci- put it up. Like, yeah, it's a telescope. Science is at stake. We need to build this mm-hmm. right now. And a lot of the astronomers I know were like, well, let's let's wait a second and at least talk about the, the impact that this will have on this community. That's really interesting because, uh, it, at least for me, you know, we see so many things in black and white. So I think science, I think progressive, liberal, that's on that side. And then to, to know that there's more like there's a sort of social justice side to astronomy mm-hmm. that's at odds often with kind of the more established uh, uh, old yeah. school astronomy <laughs> is right. really interesting to learn. How, um, like, do you find yourself like a – is there a difference – from undergrad and in grad school now in uh, the amount of diversity you see and what, what's the general take on, you know, how, how many, how many, how much, what percentage of just white dudes is it in no. undergrad versus grad or is it kind of the same <laughs> in both? Um, I think it's, it's worse in grad schools. Like as you, as you advance, there are more white men yeah. uh, and fewer anything else. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I'm lucky because Columbia is a department that really tries to address this issue. Mm-hmm. I'm still the I'm the only black graduate student. Uh, there's one black what? postdoc, uh, and out there, of how many people? So uh, there, are, I don't know, twenty, twenty five graduate students in the astronomy department, and um, ten, fifteen postdocs. So there's one black postdoc, mm-hmm. one black graduate student, maybe two black undergrads, um, and so there there aren't a lot of us. But it's it's good that it, that the department is is trying to address this right uh at harvard there there also weren't many yeah. of us yeah. uh oh yeah i'm a black woman I should, oh I yeah, should oh, yeah. That. Hey, that's a really good point this is radio or I'm, podcast I'm, radio <laughs> yeah. yeah no we we haven't said that yet um, so there weren't a lot of us i know and, we talked about log cabin people are probably picturing abraham lincoln probably. prettier abraham lincoln <laughs> uh not that you were ugly mr president lincoln you're wherever you are Outside of your stupid human suit. Make sure to apologize to the dead white ghost, Sean. The patriarchy lives on. <laughs> Dude, not for nothing. Uh, so the for the Shameless Award came in part from the work you did at the Banneker. Is it the Banneker Institute? Yeah. Okay. And one of the directors of which was uh, Dr. Jorge Moreno or Moreno? Moreno. Moreno. Mm-hmm. Uh, who also runs a website called Astronomy in Color. Uh, you did an interview with him last year, uh, and during part of which you talked about how, uh, you know, basically institutionalized racism was the harder obstacle to overcome than a sort of o- overt act of racism, a singular act uh, uh, that you may have experienced in rural Pennsylvania where you grew up. Uh, so 
I, I was when I was looking stuff up about you, I found that interview. I was like, oh, this is a great interview. And then I don't know if you read them, but there are two comments on the post, and I'm going to read them to you. Uh, it's The first one is, I remember teaching Moya in middle school at a very rural school in Pennsylvania. She was a very intelligent girl and an excellent student. I'm sorry to see her say she experienced, quote, overt racism in school. However, I never saw any instances or had her report them to me. I hope she isn't falling into the trap. And this is like I was just I was reading this. My mind kind of exploded. I hope that she isn't falling into the trap of inventing hardships that were overcome. She's accomplished a great deal in her young life and doesn't need to pad her quote discrimination resume so far as i could see she was always treated exactly the same as every other student in school the second one is really short i remember moya an excellent student i don't remember ever seeing or hearing any of the racist comments i was like those are the two comments on your on your astronomy and color color like that's insane yeah this is exactly i don't even have a question i just wanted to tell you this is insane but but that is a like i'm from alabama and uh you know, when I talk to people I went to school with as an adult now, and we talk honestly about the racism they experienced, you like there is that talking point of why well, didn't see this? I like that Are didn't happen black? to me. I never said anything. And oh, it, nobody called you the N word, white guy. <laughs> oh, what a surprise! That's weird. But it never happened. Yeah, no. it just doesn't exist. Yeah, I, yeah. You, if they didn't see it, it's like it's like Schrodinger's cat with race. <laughs> it's like is the cat's both racist and not racist. <laughs> But that, yeah, what do you think that is? Like, why do, yeah. why does that someone out there need to say that? Like, well, I didn't see it, so it must have not happened. I think, I think there's, it's a sense of pride. I yeah. think in in like like Green County pride. You don't, you like, no one wants to admit that their town only had like five black people and that those black people weren't treated the best by everyone mm-hmm. around. Yeah, um, no one wants to admit that they're like not the most progressive people but I, I don't remember who I don't know who said that I don't I don't yeah they were both anonymous I believe right but like no one's gonna go to their fourth grade teacher and be like someone someone like called me a jigaboo today like no one's gonna yeah. say yeah. that yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the fourth grader isn't gonna say that um yeah I don't I I honestly don't yeah. know why why people feel the need to point out that they don't experience racism when they're white and living in, in an all-white town. It's it's like it's as if they need to hear like listen you're not a bad person. So uh, but I'm going to tell you this thing that happened to me or if I don't tell you everything in detail they just shut off but like you're not a bad person but this did happen. Yeah. But you're not a bad person. <laughs> but it's not about you and I shouldn't have to explain that cuz you're a grown fucking adult. Exactly. Well, white feelings are, you know, very precious. The most, mm-hmm. they, they white have feelings have the most depth, <laughs> the most gravity. And they're the most endangered. They're the most endangered white feelings. That's why white tears are just so valuable. You have to store them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's so many. As a scientist, you know you can do so much with white tears. I mean, you should have gone into white white tear chemistry. Oh, make some synthetic white tears, sell it on the, on the white market. At the white market. Come on. So that actually dovetails into something else I wanted to talk about. So another segment that we, uh, <laughs> that we uh, go to every now and then is called privilege exam oh yes and um so sean and i host this podcast in the basement of a very nice comedy venue um (laughs) and uh, that's also a nice restaurant and another spoiler alert for you sean and i are white you know we come here and we um ponder our mortality in a very safe environment and talk about our obsessions with i'm gonna die i'm getting older boo hoo don't, don't characterize it it is it is terrifying to everybody no, it, but is, it is the, the point is we have the luxury in general people like us have a higher percentage of being able to consider that 
yeah. as something so on a daily basis. That's something I wanted to, to ask about. Like, you still have to tell people Black Lives Matter, and then they get mad and say, well, all lives matter. Um, in, like, the way you grew up, did you feel, like... Um, safe all the time or like you know just like being a woman of color what were the issues like for you that you think are are probably very different from the white experience of america oh yeah so so many instances i would i would walk down the hallway and people would call out the n-word mm-hmm. um i there was so i was in the marching band and there was one black neighborhood that was in our our football league and every year or every other year because it switched off when we would go there to play a football game all of my fellow bandmates would put me at the front of the pack to like oh. lead the way through the black crowd when we oh. were trying to go to the concession stand oh, or like during hunting season because I'm kind of deer colored my mom would make me wear a like a hunter orange bandana because at when I got off the bus from school, I had to walk up my driveway, which was like half a mile long through the woods. And she didn't want anyone to have the excuse. Oh, uh, like, whoops. Oh, no. Thought shot, she was a deer. Boy, I thought she was a deer. Oh, Sorry. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so I, 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 I don't want to say I can 100% guarantee my white classmates didn't have those experiences, <laughs> but I kind of want to say yeah. I can 100% guarantee that. That's very generous. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, here's something off a, a little bit off of all this. Uh, so John Glenn recently passed, uh, just uh, I think last week, two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two, three days ago, four days ago, uh, or was it right before? Because we had to reschedule this. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, uh, <clears throat> uh, John Glenn just passed. Uh, there's a, uh, a book that is now a movie called Hidden Figures by uh, Margot Shatterley, and, and it's about uh, the uh, these human computers, as they were called, the uh, uh, these women who were hired to do the calculations because computers weren't trusted back then to deliver accurate results and it uh it centers around three african-american women um and it's a uh, let's see their names are Catherine g johnson dorothy vaughn and mary jackson um and so little little tidbit from this is that uh john glenn rec- uh, he requested that johnson personally confirm uh the calculations of the launch before the trip before his trip three times around the world he di- wasn't going to go until she had done that which that's a lot of trust. Yeah. That's a lot of faith. Uh, and that's a lot of experience. So seems like a pretty important role. And yet it's taken this long for the world to hear about this pretty much at all. Um, do you think, uh, would the nation having known about this earlier, would that have inspired more black men and women to get into, uh, STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, or would the barriers that exist still have made that just as unlikely? I think the the barriers would still exist, but so many more people would have been pushing up against them that yeah. that maybe they they would have tumbled earlier. Like I I had no idea that black women astrophysicists were a thing. Like yeah. I I still can only name like a, a handful of people, and I've been in this community for like four years. Yeah. So if I if I had had those types of role models growing up, maybe I would have wanted to be in this field sooner. Maybe thousands of others. Yeah little black girls would have also wanted to be I, I think like representation is so important and a lot of people just don't realize how hurtful it is to not see someone who looks like you doing something that you could potentially want yeah. to do yeah 
Yeah. It's yeah, sort of I, like a second layer of, uh, you know, like when uh, of imprinting, sort of, so to speak, like, you know, like baby animals imprint with their parents. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're my parent. Uh, it's sort of like a social version of that. Like you see somebody that's like you. You're like, oh, I am capable of that. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not something this. I have this really distinct memory of like being maybe five or six years old and a teacher asking me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, a boy. (laughs) And she asked why. And I said, because girls can't do anything. Because being in Alabama, I thought that that there was not a lot of options for what you could do when you grew up if you were a girl. That's both adorable and tragic. (laughs) It's so sad. But um, but I think, to your point, it's absolutely right. What you see informs what you think your possibilities are. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people miss that when they are like, well, you know, when they bitch about affirmative action or just the need mm-hmm. to try harder to have more diversity in your programs, it's not just about that diversity right then. It's about what it can be in 10 years or 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I, I think yeah. for, you know, the children are our future and we all talk about how kids are so important. Well, let's show them that there there are a lot of options out there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, we call this show stupid human suits because it's an acknowledgement that every single set of perceptions that's coming out of a particular stupid human suit is individual and different from uh what is happening like yours senses and perceptions are very different from mine your experiences will be very different and have been and vice versa and with you i mean it's just it seems it seems ridiculous that we're still having a conversation that different people have different experiences based on how they look <laughs> yeah it's it's absolutely ridiculous um and because we're not going to resolve that here we're I, not but I, what i know what if we had we an hour and a half long show we could um so uh, we we kind of have to start wrapping up now um but oh, wait, I want, let me ask one quick you question son of a i know bitch. i know i do this to you every time oh, marriage um, off <laughs> quickly as a woman Yes. As a person of color. That's me. As a scientist. Uh-huh. As a student. That's also me. <laughs> How as a sandwich. Fucking as a chair. How <laughs> fucking terrified are you of Trump's America? Oh my I cried. Oh I, yeah. I, I I'm so terrified. Um my science isn't gonna be that affected, right? Uh and and also me as like I'm not going to be that affected. Like I I live in New York City. I I go to Columbia. I have a Jewish boyfriend. Like I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. But <laughs> but there are so many people who look like me, and I easily could have been in in their places that are not going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that is what's truly terrifying to me. Yeah, yeah. I I just I yeah. Okay. No no. Just I have a lot of you know. I'm from Boston. I'm if you don't know if you're not if you don't know who I am. I am a white man, <laughs> a handsome, handsome white man. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that in, but uh, I'm from uh, I'm from a town called Framingham, uh, and a lot of lovely people. But you know, it's it's Massachusetts. My dad's from El Salvador. I grew up mostly with my mom. Saw my dad every other weekend, uh, and saw my uh, Spanish family uh, on holidays or whenever we could, uh, and still chat, talk with them all the time. I don't speak Spanish. Spanish is my first language. Don't speak it, but that's sort of to the point. Uh, when I was growing up, Spanish is my first language. And when we wound up living in Framingham, my mom, who also spoke Spanish, uh, but the white lady, uh, which is how she met my dad in Guatemala, uh, she asked if I wanted to keep speaking Spanish, if I wanted to keep speaking in the house and at school. And I was such a shy kid. I said, no, I didn't want to be different. Mm. So I didn't want to speak it. And she regretted it. Like years later, she was like, okay, well, I'm not, you know, she's a fucking diner waitress working a million hours. She didn't have time to parse everything that happened. She was like, okay, well, if you don't uh, just, I'm going to try and keep you under 400 pounds because I was a huge kid. Uh, 
And she was like, she we didn't speak Spanish, and I forgot it within a few years. And that is probably one of the, like, least white things that happened in my neighborhood. Right? <laughs> um, and there are, I, there must be just gobs of big dudes who are like, fucking Trump, this guy's going to make everything awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so, and there's that towny mentality that pervades. Still plenty of wonderful people. And this is Massachusetts, a progressive stronghold. Mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. tons of that. I heard so many, like I heard the N-word a bazillion times growing up and I didn't I honestly did not understand until years later a friend explained like hey this is what that's all about and I was like are you really because mm-hmm. I was so innocent I was mm-hmm. unaffected by it and I think that's what happens if you're not affected by it you don't really believe yeah that it really happens yeah. and that's why those teachers whoever they were that commented on your interview were like I don't know because they, they just nobody has taken them aside to say no oh, listen really like four times a day. We also haven't learned that you uh, you may not know everything and you should trust someone else's recounting of their own experience. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all big dummies. That's the point. Mm-hmm. We're all Except Moya, who's not. Except Moya, who's not a big dummy. No, I'm a small dummy. Teeny tiny dummy. Teeny, check out her website, teeny tiny dummy. Well, so I was trying to segue to, to leave on a positive note, is we have, because we cannot solve... Uh, institutionally racism. Uh, if we had, again, if we had an hour and a half, we don't mm-hmm. though. Uh, we have a segment called uh, "Don't Worry About It," and this is our way of uh, signing off on a happy note. So it's about anything you saw or did that will left you with a sense of hope uh, that things are going to be okay. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to work out. Yeah. You yeah. want to go first? I'll go. Yeah, sure. I'll lead it off. Um, Oh uh, yeah, so this uh, this whole week because uh, we had to reschedule this uh, podcast today. Uh, Carol was sick uh, earlier in the week, um, so I've had a lot of time. I had a lot of time riding the subway alone, and I saw like just more people than I've ever seen this week for some reason um, uh, just give up their seats hmm. to elderly people, uh, pregnant women, handicapped people, and but some. But the best part was just sometimes to people who are just look tired I'd never really noticed that or maybe I hadn't noticed it but just this guy got up was like there was a lady just standing there she was perfectly healthy nothing wrong with her but she had this like weariness about her and the guy was like he did that like pointing back and forth do you want to take my seat and she was thought about it she was like yeah yeah I do I'm really tired yes (laughs) and they had this nice exchange they chatted for like five subway stops and and then she got off before he even got off and he just he got off stop later but it was like this you know what that was a very good human experience. The best. It was the best <laughs> pop. We're going to have the best human experiences here in these stupid human suits. So, um, I, uh, on Instagram yesterday, saw a photo um, that my former coworker posted. Uh, Heaven Nagatu, shout out to her. She has an amazing oh. podcast called Another Round uh, that's on BuzzFeed, and it's enormous. It is so, so enormous big, so big. that uh, she and her uh, co-host, Tracy, went to the the White House Christmas party. Ooh. And so she posted a photo of she and Tracy with the Obamas. I'm so and they were all so, so happy and for a moment I just forgot that they're leaving the White House. Mm-hmm. And I was just like happy for my friend. She's wearing an awesome dress and like just <laughs> they were it was good. It was like there was nothing a moment of bad. Pure good. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was just lovely. So I was happy for her but I was just like oh Good people. Yeah. That was nice. How how about you? Did anything happen this week or recently? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I think, a couple in my neighborhood, and they have a pet pig. 
And every oh. once in a while, when I'm walking from school She's back to my won. apartment, they, I see this couple walking their like tiny little teacup pig, and it, <laughs> teacup it's pig. so cute. And the other day, I walked by, and every week I like slow down, and I'm kind of hoping to like get a picture with the pig. And the other like this past week, the pig came up and like sniffed sniffed my pants, and that just made my week. Uh, it was great. <laughs> You got sniffed by a teacup pig. Yeah, I love did. It. That's that wins. <laughs> that wins for the week. If you don't, if you're not moved by a teacup pig, <laughs> giving you a little sniff, sniff, you are dead inside. Yep. Well, uh, shall we end uh, as we always do with yeah. our, uh, our our secular, secular prayer? prayer. <laughs> it's uh, the stupid human suit's prayer. We'll uh, we'll do it round robin style. Yeah. You want to start? I'll go, um, and then Moya, you'll do the third one. Moya, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Round of applause, to Moya. Yay! Yay. And, uh, best of luck uh, yeah. with your education. At yeah, Columbia. graduating and shit. Yeah, I'll I'll do my best. Yeah, dude, do oh, your best, dude. Uh, Graduate. I think we talked about this before the podcast, but if you don't know, Moya yeah. is going to be the next Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's uh, her vision board. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She will be in the planetarium tomorrow. Good. Camping out. Let us pray. All right. Our fellow humans who are here and now. Hallowed be thy consciousness. Thy kingdom floats. In a universe so vast, it's like totally bananas, man. Therefore, be kind to each other. And don't eat so much bread. Ask forgiveness of your trespasses. And forgive those who trespass against you. Because all of us can be really fucking annoying. For thou art the mind inside thine stupid human suit. The only one of its kind. We are thus also. And that must simply be enough. A oh, woman? Huh? <laughs> oh, oh, what? Oh, that around. Listen to me. This guy's Mr. Progress. Guys, thanks for All listening right. to Stupid Human Suits. Thank you to our producer, Megan, for Thank putting you, up Megan. with us yet again. And follow Go Astro Mo on Twitter. Have a good night. Bye. Or day. <laughs> For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com.